This is the Social Media Strategy Podcast. Brought to you by worldpodcast.com. You've come to the right place if you want to take your social media to new heights. Now, here's your host, Pauline Stockhausen. Welcome to the Social Media Strategy Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Stockhausen. Wow, I'm so excited today because I have in the studio Natalie Cutler-Welsh from GoToGirl. She is an entrepreneur. Um, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is let her tell her story because it's an amazing story. I have been following Natalie for quite a few years now. And what I love about Natalie is she has this amazing tribe. So we're just going to jump in and get Natalie to tell us a little bit about her story because she did this amazing move from the bottom of the country up to the top of the country and I want to get her to tell you about how she used social media to build a network from scratch. So welcome, Natalie. Hey, thank you, Pauline. That's a lovely intro. Um, So yes, I love that you got my surname correct as well. So yeah, I'm a yeah, I'm a speaker, blogger, podcaster, mother of 3, and I I do love coaching people, but it all started like you said from kind of starting from scratch when I moved up from a place called Christchurch, which some people will depending on who's listening from where, people will know where that is. In um in the South Island of New Zealand, where I'd been living for about 7 years. So my accent is Canadian. I'm 100% full-blood Kiwi, but I grew up in Canada. So I've been living in um, Christchurch for seven years with my husband, two children. We had just spent $200,000 renovating our house, which was like a little two-bedroom house. And we thought, you know what? We love this place. We love this neighborhood. Because when I moved in, after being an Outward Bound instructor, I moved in and I met all my neighbors. I had everyone over for like afternoon tea. They thought I was crazy because like no one does that. (laughs) They're like, we haven't spoken to our neighbor for two years. And so I I got them to meet each other, which was really cool. And we formed these really great relationships. Anyway, $200,000, beautiful home that was going to be our forever home. And this is really the second earthquake. There were two. I can talk about the first one. But the second one was the one that changed lives big time. Um, So there were there were there were numerous deaths and there were people that um, had to move home. And so we, we were kind of one of those. So basically, um, you know, I had my two kids home with me one o'clock in the afternoon and it's, you know, the earth shook, so to speak. I was like crawling on the ground towards my little guy who was about two years old and he was in the garage and things were falling on him and I was trying to get to him and I was pregnant and I was, I'd fallen to the ground. I was crawling towards him. You can imagine. Gosh. Anyway. So that night, you know, we had, we cooked dinner on the barbecue. We had no running water. Um, and everything. And then that night I was like, please don't go into labor. Please don't go into labor. (laughs) And guess what? I did. And so the story kind of, the short version of the story goes that in 30 hours, my husband lost his job because that happened about an hour before the earthquake. He was laid off along with 10 other people in his company. So my husband lost his job. We had an earth shattering earthquake and we had a baby all in a 30 hour time frame. So that was really like the, that was the game changer for us. Wow, that's, that's, that's an amazing story. I mean, how did you cope with that? I mean, oh, actually, how was the hospitals? I mean, with the earthquake and stuff, that must have been pretty full on for you. I think what was full on is that any, any parent out there, especially when you go, you having baby number two, two or three, you have a plan, right? And I yeah. always say have a backup plan. So we had the plan that, you know, the two kids were going to go and stay at the neighbor's place. We were going to go in, have the baby. You know, we had the plan. But when you've got an earthquake, we actually stuck to the plan, which is interesting. I don't know why. Retrospectively, maybe I would have taken the kids with me to stick together, but we didn't. We left the kids with the neighbors. Remember, we know them well. And we went into the center of the city. And it was like the army cordoned, you know, like we were like, lady with a baby coming through. Like my husband's saying out the window. and. 
and I was in labor, obviously in the car. Uh, no, at that, yeah, I was like contractions and whatever. So we got there, but the great thing is the hospital in Christchurch is built for earthquakes, so it sways like it actually. Ta- so it was safe, but it yeah. was weird because it it sways. It takes the shakes. So the hospital I was meant to go to actually had massive damage, and I'm so pleased I wasn't there with yeah. my newborn baby already. So it all worked out. It all worked out in the end. Yeah, we went to the hospital and. And we and you know what we the way that we dealt with it was thank you so much like healthy baby baby arrived fine all we lost is a job our house yeah. was in what's called the red zone which means we had to move we couldn't live there on the land wasn't safe the house was actually all right the land underneath wasn't so really we were like counting our lucky stars yeah really and so what made you decide to like just pick up and move to Auckland I think me being Canadian, mean, and, and we didn't have family in Christchurch. My husband's from Australia. We didn't have his family in Christchurch. Our kids weren't yet in school. So we weren't bound. He'd yeah. lost his job. Yeah. I was obviously having a baby. So at that point, I, I was on maternity leave from my other role as a project manager. And so we were free. We had that freedom. We were kind of like, well, you know what? We thought this was our forever home, and now the world's our oyster. And so we applied for jobs in various locations where we had family members. And Auckland was the only place where we really didn't know anybody. And we'd really never thought of moving there. And he got, quote, unquote, his dream job. So he did get a job in Wellington before we turned it down. He got the Auckland job. We accepted it. We moved. And a week later, he got a job in Christchurch. (laughs) But, you know, I think things happen for a reason, and it's all just gone really, really well for us. Other than the fact that it was really expensive to live in Auckland, and so we kind of went from not being too as tight with money to, like, really watching every penny when we moved up here. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely Auckland's a bit more dearer to live in. Um, Now, you use social media to connect with people and meet with people. I mean, um, people who are listening who might already know you, you're sort of the network go-to girl and that's what you've branded yourself now but in the beginning did you have some sort of idea of what you were trying to achieve or were you know was there a plan or was it just sort of natural how you've you know ended up where you are right now yeah it's interesting for anyone that's any you know I call them people that were born somewhere else anyone like me I'm like a migrant or something that was born somewhere else and you move somewhere and you have to starting from scratch you don't really know people I knew like two people in Auckland um maybe three and um, you just have to kind of start again. New house, new neighborhood, new family, new kindergarten, new job. Like, everything's new. So I think you really have to... This is where the networking comes into it. You do have to put yourself out there to a certain extent. You have to kind of put your ego on the line. Like, there you are at the park, pushing the kid on the swing, and you turn to the mum beside you, and you start a conversation. And it's... You know, there's all those things. So that's the in-person side of it. And then there's the social media side of it, which for me really started because I came up to Auckland. I was three years into writing a book about parenting called If Only They Told Me. So I was blogging. I was at that stage not podcasting yet and um, ended up meeting another mom at Kindy. And we did launch a podcast and, and we ended up merging our books together and writing this book together, which became Nat and Jackie. And If Only They Told Me, we've done 120 podcasts on parenting. And so we use social media to spread the word, to basically be like, oh my God, this parenting gig is way harder than we thought it was going to be. And these are the things that we wish we had been told. And we, people love that. They love the raw, the real, which is what social media is all about, right? Mm. It's being who you are, letting down your guard, like sharing tips, giving valuable education, inspiration, all that stuff. But, um, and so we started using social media, mainly Facebook and Pinterest to grow our tribe of moms with kids under five and then that eventually, for me, two years down the road, turned into a business, which was Go To Girl, which was based on helping people learn how to use social media and connect 
with their audience and connect with like and to network connect with other people Wow, that's an that's a credible story. I mean, I know with your podcast, with you, how diligent you've been with doing your podcast. Have you found like in the time that you've been using social media, what uh, the changes, what traction you'd get now? Like, if you started today, what sort of advice would you give? You know, a mum who has like a little business, you know, with using social media, would you say to them, "Yeah, do a podcast," or <laughs> <laughs> would you say, you know, form a group? I mean, I'd love to talk a little bit more about your, you know, your Facebook group because. Yeah. The engagement in your group is incredible, um, and it's really hard to get that. People don't really understand that, you know, oh, look, I'll make a group, but actually getting those people to engage and constantly share their stories and their journey is really hard. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, <laughs> my group that I've got is called Go-To Girls Social Media and Networking Very Long. <laughs> if people search for it on Facebook, they can join it. It's a free group, and I think there's, oh gosh, 2,000-plus women in that group. And, um, and that is, that's awesome. One of the things I, you know, looking back, like you said, if telling a woman who started today, we started our podcast, I almost feel like we were kind of early adopters, definitely in New yeah. Zealand. People weren't really in podcasting was getting big in America, but it wasn't really big in New Zealand. So it's almost like we came in too early to a certain extent it, because most of our audience was Kiwi. But, um, I think someone nowadays, Kiwis are getting more on board of listening to podcasts on demand, that whole concept yeah. of binge watching Netflix or binge listening yeah. to podcasts. Right. And, and with the technology, I mean, obviously, you know, iPhones weren't even out when we started. So I think it's a great time now to launch a podcast. Would I recommend someone do it? My tip is always do what you love. Yeah. So for me, I love to talk. My <laughs> gift is my voice. Right. Yeah. And when I when it became work and doing the, the, if only they told me parenting podcast was like, Oh my God, we got to put another episode out. People don't realize it's three hours a week of yeah. work to do it. Um, and what became too hard, I said to Jackie, let, I don't want to do it anymore. Cause for a year I was doing two podcasts, one episode a week and not even stopping at Christmas. So it's a lot of work, right? One was yeah. go to girl. And then at the end, you know, I, I stopped go to girl at episode number a hundred and again, it was because it became work for me. And for me, I'm like, do what you love. And if you don't yeah. love what you're doing, tweak. I'm, I'm yeah. don't, don't like quit the entire business, yeah. but tweak what you're focusing your energy on. So it's kind of do what you love, you know, and, and, um, and give it your best and really tweak to, to make sure you're always in that space of loving the energy you're putting out and people can feel that. Yeah, and consistency is really key as well, you know. Um, it's definitely consistency is one of my struggles, especially when you become really, really busy. But especially with a podcast and even with so any social media, you're always going to get there if you're consistent, if you plan to post every day um, or every week or whatever your um, target is. If you're consistent, then you're going to get across the line, right? Totally. One of my clients we were meeting yesterday doing some one-on-one and she is doing a Facebook Live every Monday at 9 o'clock. And I was like, that is awesome because that's the consistency. Yep. Facebook Live is so hot. Everyone loves it because it's raw and real, not yep. perfect. Um, but the fact that she's doing it weekly, I was like, I should do that. I should, you know, you know, Monday at midday or like Friday at whatever. Just some, some sort of consistency because that way people know you're doing it. They can tune in. They can rely on it. I think that's, I think that's a really good way to go. If people can't do a podcast, Facebook Live makes it so easy yeah. to share stories tips and and have that engagement um with your audience so with your business now you're doing a lot of um is it mentoring and coaching of clients you know you're talking a little bit about your clients um are you is that with social media or is that with business do you want to talk a little bit about that it's interesting you know social media and networking are my tools yeah. they're like the way that i help women entrepreneurs 
be seen and heard. I love these words, be seen and heard on a bigger level. So if we were to say like, yeah, I can help and I can help anyone, right? We, but, but my niche is women entrepreneurs, but my red carpet client, what Natalie, and the term that Natalie Sisson uses, I love it. Red carpet client, my dream client yeah. is a woman who wants, like me, right? Who wants to be on stages, wants to be on magazines, wants to be interviewed on podcasts so that she can change the world. Wow. Like that is my red card. And so the woman that I work with one-on-one, that's their, you know, it's whatever it may be for her. It's interior design for one of the other ones. It's foodie stuff. It's paleo living. It doesn't matter what it is, but if they have a desire to run live events to really have a massive impact using some of the things that I know about, right? Growing your community, speaking on stages, getting interviewed on podcasts, getting interviewed on other people's um, podcasts and and blogs and, and at people's events, those are yeah. the women I love working with. And you've got quite a few bit of success with TV as well. So you're sort of really t- getting them into yeah. a lot of different mediums. So you could be saying that you're you're a cross-purpose medium online and offline. You're helping women be seen across everything. I mean, yeah. I think that's fantastic. So I guess over the years, like like any business, right, It you you'd, like I said, you tweak. So yeah, I started out teaching, doing workshops on Pinterest, yeah. you know, and um, I didn't really do Twitter so much, but really see Facebook and Pinterest maybe. I did a little, little bit on like lead pages and MailChimp, but I, that's not my jam. I don't love that stuff. It's yeah. stuff I kind of need to know. Yeah. But if people really want to know that, I'll send them to the experts. Yeah. The people that for that, that, that lights their fire. That doesn't light my fire. What lights my fire is when my women are on TV changing the world or like at an event doing their thing. And I love that. And I love helping them fill the seats, you know, and, and yeah. get the people there. Yeah. One of the things in Auckland that you're really known for is are your events. You know, I mean, looking on social media when I watch you, um, your events look amazing and you have so many people there. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that came about? You should come. I know. You I should know. speak on my stage. <laughs> oh, well, invite me and I will. <laughs> when? Yeah, I will. I will. In the new year. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, I, um, when I started, I had 15 people in the room. You've always got to start somewhere, right? I think it's so important for people to know that, you know, it is a journey and yeah. it is ages and stages. And I also have to say, when I started four years ago, I had three young kids. Like, yeah. you know, one of them was at school, not the other two. You know, and I, I basically had, quote unquote, like no time to myself, you know, really, unless I'd plan it strategically. So I really wanted to say to any mums, I call it juggling the mother load out there of running a business while raising a family while not losing yourself in the process. Yes. It is just ages and stages and like cut yourself some slack, give yourself a high five for what you have achieved. And also collaborations. I'm huge on the co- philosophy of co-opetition rather than competition. And that's why people love my events because they walk in the door and the vibe is very much like positive, fun. No one in this room is your competition. If that person's a personal trainer and you're a personal trainer, newsflash, you have the same mission. You are on the same, you've got the same vision for women wanting them to be more healthy and fit. Mm. It doesn't mean you have to like totally go to opposite sides of the room and never speak, you know? Yeah. So I'm really one to, that's one of the things I do with my clients. And I, and I've, you know, I've got small groups as well in my online, my online mastermind group as well. But I focus a lot on like, who can I connect you with that has a similar target audience, but a different offering. And maybe you guys can even just cross promote, like do a share for share or maybe run an event together. I mean, whatever, it doesn't matter. There's a big spectrum of how you can help each other, get each other's affiliate link, whatever it might be. But it's, it's all for the same purpose, whatever their purpose is, helping to empower women or helping to teach people about finances or whatever their thing is. Yeah, I think that's really important. I mean, I know um, in the old, sort of like in the olden days, not olden days, but, you know, 20 years ago when people were in business, it was all very, you know, competitive and now people are really collaborating. 
So like in my business with social media, you know, I am friends with the other social media strategists in Auckland and we, you know, we get together and we um, inspire. You geek out together. Yeah, and we (laughs) inspire each other, show each other campaigns and stuff and it's not – we're not competing. There's no, you know, and that was definitely obvious at um, Juanita's event just mm. recently. You know, all of us came together. We were helping each other. And I think that's so important when people can do that. I mean, there's enough work for everyone and everyone has a different niche. Exactly. And I think it's way more powerful if you do collaborate together. Now, um, you're just talking about your groups. You know, uh, if anyone was listening right now, what sort of tips would you say about starting, a, you know, a Facebook group? Do you think that all um, mumpreneurs or entrepreneurs should have their own group or are there other things that they could do to sort of get their tribe, as you will? I love Facebook groups. I mean, I started mine obviously about four years ago. I probably could have started a parenting one as well. I I just didn't, I didn't want to, you know, and if you don't love it, don't do it. So, um, but one of my clients recently, I told her she's a personal stylist and I said, you should start a private group. She's like, I'm just not getting traction on my Facebook page. No one's engaging. And I said, people tend to be more open, more transparent and more sharing and caring in private groups than they do on a public page. This is my experience. And so she did that and she's got this group, which is awesome. It's Johanna May, personal stylist or something. I can't remember what the, the page is called, um, the private group. And it's amazing. And, you know, as a, as a facilitator of a private group, it's that balance between, you know, give, give, get. Like you want to be in there and be helpful and generous and all that. But it's a free group. So you also want to slowly transition people or invite people over to your paid options as well um, because it's so easy as we know on Facebook to spend tons of time on Facebook so I really encourage people to just make sure if they've got a group what is their plan for getting turning those you know I hate these words but you know leads into actual like paying happy customers clients that's right do you do anything to promote your group um, just specifically, do you? Not you really. Know? I'm kind of like. <laughs> so it's all word of mouth within Facebook. Well, it, what it is in my group, the way I've set it up is other women can invite other women. Yep. So they can invite other women, but then I think I and I, I think I need to approve them in. Yeah. So that's cool, and so it's grown organically like that, and so usually there's always always about 14 or 15 people wanting to join, and I usually go and suss them out. Like I'll go and click on look at their personal profile so my little hot tip for people out there make sure you've updated your personal facebook page with a little hyperlink to your business page because if you're engaging in groups if, it, if you don't have that people it's harder for them to know who you are because yeah. obviously if you're engaging in groups you're doing it under your personal profile so when i suss them out if they don't have it linked and it's not obvious from their public posts on their personal page if that yeah. makes sense um that they're a business person then i'm usually not going to accept them so yeah. it's just, it's important. There's people... a little bit of quality control. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really important. And, you know, a lot of groups that, you know, things can go quite sour. Um, I know we're focusing on groups, but how, I mean, I didn't, I've been on your page for quite a while in your group and I've just had no, just, there's just not a lot of um, bad stuff going I've on. I've never there. seen a, a rant. Yeah. And it's not that I go in there and delete stuff. Like, I mean, occasionally someone will report something mm. that probably happens maybe four times a year yeah. that someone will report a post because just someone has obviously shared it like into a bunch of different groups yeah. and it's kind of spammy and it's yeah. like, and, and so I'm not amazing at it, but now and then every month I'll put up a post that says like November, you know, sales, specials and giveaways, comment below and promote hashtag promote your biz. And so I give them a place to do it. But 
at the same time, I often have people message me and say, hey, I've got this event coming up. Do you mind if I post about it? And I usually, if they ask me, I say, no problem. Just say, thanks, Nat, for permission to post. Yeah. And then go ahead. And that kind of makes it clear to everyone else that, oh, they obviously asked Nat. Yeah. And I don't get too much of that that I have to say no that often. But if people do do the spam, spam thing, I'll, I'll sometimes just delete it. Yeah. Um, if they do it too much, yep, I'll block them. But I don't have to do it that often. No. No, I think it's good. I mean, one of the things I love about your group is you've got those posts that people can post underneath. And I think someone asked recently, um, does anyone has anyone got any leads from that promotion? Mm-hmm. And I was really interested because I've always wondered, you know, if you do, uh, you know, a scheduled promotional post, do, do people just t- tune out? and not check in but was great in your group actually a whole lot of people said actually I got quite a few leads from it and I've made some collaborations and they worked really well so that was really interesting that your audience is really you know engaged and I think that's really important especially when you're building a massive tribe my client Donna from the design option who I was mentioning before um she got a blogger there who's a big blogger. She's got 20,000 plus likes on Facebook. Um, I can't remember her name. It starts with A. It's like Ariana or something. And she's awesome. And she's doing some work for Donna. So Donna, it's just like people just connect with other people. They mm. find people that can help them out so that they can stay in their area of genius. And they tap into other people. And I think it's just that's what it's all about. Connecting with the right people who can help you move forward and change the world. I mean, I think that's really important. I mean, you're really good at networking. I mean, I see you as being this networking queen because, you know, I'm not naturally a good networker. That's one of my downfalls. I'm sort of, I'm connected, but I don't pay enough attention to who I'm connected to to think to myself, those two people would be good to each other. But you have a real knack at doing that, especially online. Do you have any tips in getting people to understand how to really network online and um, how to take those steps at um, collaborating with people that you sort of have just met online and don't have a relationship with? Yeah, I've got a couple. So one of the things is the power of the personal introduction. So I'm really big. I call it um, your shoulder tap. So I, I tell, there were two clients yesterday I was talking to, and I said, I want you girls to go away and write down 10 people on your shoulder tap list. For me, I have a whiteboard in my office, and I use that, because then it's in my face. I can see it all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, who do you want to connect with, or who are potential clients? So let's say someone has a new workshop coming up. It's like an online course or something, and they've got 20 spots, and they only have had three people sign up. And I'm like... Who would you love to have in that workshop? Like, who would be awesome to have? Like, actual people. So they think, oh, you know, so-and-so. And they might, and I encourage people, go to your Facebook page. Who's been engaging? Who's private messaged you? Who's been hovering around you, you know, lately? Reach out to them. Yeah. And I have this little phrase, little spiel that I do. It's, it's just the shoulder tap, and it totally works. It's like, hey, Pauline, I'm just about to launch this new awesome program. Or you can even say this new thing. I've got this new thing coming up. It's going to be amazing, and I've only got a few spots. You came to mind. Let me know if you're keen, and I'll tell you more about it. Or let me know. I use the word intrigued. Let me know if you're intrigued, and I'll tell you more about it. It's really personal. Yeah. I'm not including, like, a link and, like, a lead page or anything fancy. Yeah. It's just super, and it's one-on-one. Like, I'm going, hey, Pauline, I've got this thing. It's really awesome. You you came to mind. It makes the person feel special. Like, ooh, I came to mind. You know, because... I, th- I think if you start from the point of who do you actually want to meet, like yeah. who or who would be great for your your online course, brainstorm it out. Ten names, okay, great. You know, what? go and ask them. Or if you don't know them, maybe you know someone who knows that person who could do a personal introduction. Because I mean, I had a client the other day. She's going, I've put fly. She's a photographer. I put flyers everywhere, and I'm not getting any jobs. I'm like, 
bugger the flyers. We need to introduce you directly to people in your niche. She's a foodie photographer. And I'm like, I know Vanessa Baxter, who knows tons of foodie people, right? So it's all about who you know and who can open the door for you, essentially. Because if you just put flyers out, I mean, I don't really think that's that's really going to get you anywhere. You need, I think the personal approach is really key. And the shoulder tap. Yeah, and I think that's really pivotal, especially with social media. I mean, it's all about being social, isn't it? And taking it that next step forward instead of, you know, just liking on liking their page, going into the private message and getting, trying to get to know people better. So I think that's really important. So, Nat, over the next year, what is coming up for you? I mean, every time I see you, you've got something amazing going on or you're going somewhere or you're speaking somewhere. Um, what's coming up for you in the, in the next 12 months? Well, so for me, 2016, my one of my goals was I want to do paid speaking gigs, which I did, which was awesome. And now... 2017, I want to do more of that. So yeah. I love, I really, I'm really into measurable goals, as you know. So I encourage people. So for myself, I'm like, I want to do two paid speaking gigs per month. Mm-hmm. I want to travel and do like one or two international conferences. Not a lot. I've got three kids. My husband just got another job. He, he was home daddy for a while, which was yeah. awesome. So now I'm a little bit more limited with travel and stuff, but that's cool. Um, you know, I want to run my live masterminds and I want to, I want to have only have like three or four one-on-one clients. So I'm getting really clear on what I want. I want to run a one day, go-to girl one day event. All I've done is networking events and I've done them now around the country a few times. I want to still do them basically one in like Wellington, Taranga, Christchurch, etc. I usually do three in Auckland, but I actually want to do, and this is where you come in. I want to do a one day event, probably three times a year with a different theme. So one will be like social media, what's coming up in 2017, and then another one will be more about like women, like self-care, self-love, you know, while you're juggling a business, this is how you can look after yourself. And it would be me as one speaker. And then I'd bring in two specialists as the other speakers. And it would be like a one day event. And I think that'd be really cool. So stay tuned. Okay. That's my vision. Wow. That sounds like, that sounds like so much work. It sounds like you're going to be really busy. I know. Um, for people who are listening to the podcast today, um, where can they find you? So depending on where they are, go to girlssocialmedia.com. And also it's go2girl.co.nz. They go to the same place. Yep. New website will be, uh, hopefully it's, it's live while you're listening to this. Um, and yeah, and the other thing to answer your other question is I'm going to be bringing out a few cor- online courses based oh, around networking, based around my, my areas of genius, networking and how to fill, you know, how to, um, what do I call it? Running, how, the go-to girl guide to awesome live events. So it's all about how to fill the room, how to plan, promote, prepare, Etc. And so those are things. So for me in 2017, really having some things that I create that people can tap into from around the world. Oh, I think that's brilliant. I mean, the the way that everything's moving at the moment, there's a lot of people building courses and there's a lot of people consuming online courses. So if you want to check out Nat's course, definitely go to her website and check it out because I guarantee it's going to be brilliant. Because <laughs> Natalie is the networking queen. She can teach anyone how to do anything. And the way you do your events are well, is so well run. There's so many people there, and I know a lot of my clients really struggle to get people at their events, so there's definitely a magic touch there that you've figured out that you can definitely teach people as well. Yeah, well, like I started with 15, but just yeah, so yeah. people know, now I get more than that now. So usually it's around 130. That's at the Auckland event, and that has a nice buzzy vibe. Sometimes I try to keep it smaller because it just it, sometimes it gets too big. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, the smaller events are very good as well, I mean, because then you can have that personal touch as well. So um, just, I ask um, all our guests, you know, what is their favorite social media platform? What are they, um, what are they playing on now? But what is their f- go-to um, favorite platform? What would they be for you? Okay. 
I'm my favorite. I'm always on Facebook. I love Facebook. I love private message because I'm yeah. so bad at email. Um, but I'm, I'm really loving Instagram. Oh, really? I know I should say Snapchat, but I'm not going to say Snapchat. I'm saying I'm really loving Instagram. And my client the other day showed me how to do the stories. Oh, on Instagram? <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love Instagram. So do you get a lot of engagement on your Instagram? Is that like a different or is it just for personal use? Or oh, no, it's for business for oh, sure. it's for business. It's for business. I just, I just think it's really quick. And I love the – yeah, that's why, you know, I love the, the – immediately you get boom, boom, boom on your, on yeah, your phone yeah. and, and people are liking it and commenting it and, and I like that. It yeah. makes me feel good. I like that as well. It's just, I love, it's just re- more relaxing. It's a relaxing platform and it's beautiful. Yeah, well, I definitely love the, um, well, obviously, as you know, Snapchat's my favorite platform, <laughs> but I mean, I love um, Instagram as well with the visuals and photography. And now that they've bought in the stories, you know, it's really questioned where I'm going to play, you know, because it has that Snapchat into the Instagram. I know. And my audience is already there, so it's sort of, yeah, it's a crazy situation to be in when you don't know which one you should play on. So I'm I'm go to girl NZ on um, Instagram and probably on Snapchat as well. Yeah, well we'll check that out and we'll have those in the notes as well. So um, if anyone's looking for Natalie, they can find all her links in the notes of this podcast. Natalie, it's so nice to have you here, and I hope I can interview you again in maybe six months and catch up where you're up to. And is is your book still for sale for anyone who's parent out there and is looking for um, parenting advice Natalie's book is really good so Nat do you have that on your website as well yeah it's um we say it's helpful and hilarious Help. it's for anyone from pregnancy to starting school so like from age zero to when you, if your kids are age zero to five even if it's your fourth child right you've yeah. got one zero to five it's very very funny and it's very helpful it's full of like interviews with guest experts as well as parents around the world and Jackie and I are um, we give them the real deal it's called if only they told me babies sex and a cup of tea Oh my gosh, that sounds crazy. All right, well, uh, thank you so much for being here and um, we'll catch up with you later. Cool, thanks. Social Media Strategy Podcast. Brought to you by worldpodcast.com.